0: I've squished my tube. You must have a hell of a blow. I do not like to take on a lot of liquid.
1: How do you like me now? Hello and welcome to How Do You Like Me Now, the podcast where we go back and relive the golden years of kids TV. I'm Will, with me as always is Liz. Hello, Liz. You're
0: goddamn right I am. (laughs)
1: good it's a good level of aggression to come into the show with
0: i always like to come in feeling fairly aggressive
1: yeah you know this well at least 10 percent aggression i feel is always within your tone
0: oh that's, that's minimum
1: <laughs> like, that's minimum i mean normally higher i'd say that's the bare minimum yeah, yeah yeah. like like even if like you sort of like a half a half asleep there's still that 10 percent of aggression
0: I, I wake up on about 50 percent aggression don't i <laughs>
1: Well, that's because I snore. That's that's what that is. And I'm not a morning person. True, you are not a morning person. You are a night owl. Yeah, yeah. Very much so. Yeah. I mean, I I used to be more of a night owl. I'm more of a morning person now because of the dog.
0: You have to get up and walk the dog. I
1: do, yeah. But and,
0: um, and you know, you've got a job, and I I feel like you've taken some steps towards becoming an adult, which I haven't bothered to do.
1: <laughs> well, I think what it was, I, I realized when, um. I used to have, like, a job where I had, like, a day off in the week. And I think there was a time when I had a day off in the week and you no longer had. You were working Monday to Friday. Yeah. And I was still working, like, Monday to Saturday with a day off in the week. And I found, like, if I got up when you did, because you had to get the train to work, oh. and then went and did my, like, errands, like, first thing, like, going to the shop and anything else, one, it was quiet, so fewer people. Mm. And two, I suddenly had the whole rest of the day to do what I liked. Whereas if I, like, lazed around put put stuff off, I get to like three, four o'clock, I'm like, ah, crap, I've got all this stuff to try and fit into like an hour or two, and then start tea before you get home. Whereas otherwise, I'm like, oh, much more leisurely. And I like that.
0: You like to be leisurely, whereas I would prefer to do nothing and just have the stuff not be done. (laughs) I I don't care about the errands. I will never run the errands. That's what I've learned about myself. I mean, fair enough. I will just get you to run the errands.
1: (laughs) Well, that's right. I'll get up early and run the errands, and you can have a nice lay-in.
0: That is literally how our life works, isn't it? <laughs> and people will be going, "Why? Why does he stay with her?" <laughs> and the truth—it's a mystery, isn't it? Really, to both of us.
1: No, it's not. <laughs> anyway, this week. <laughs> is... Oh,
0: sorry. I thought you were going to then say, "What? Well, it's not a mystery because <laughs> she's such a charming, wonderful." It's not. You're,
1: you're incredible, and you're amazing, <laughs> and you're wonderful and beautiful. I love you. More, you're then?
0: like no, it's not a mystery. <laughs> God, I need to move on quickly. <laughs>
1: Anyway, this week, Liz. Yes, we it, we did a pitch battle last
0: oh, week. Oh, I'm fed up with these pitch battles. I keep losing. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not catching the mood of the listeners. I
1: really didn't. Th- I mean, this is the thing. This was entirely one sided. Like, I, I thought don't it think-
0: would be closer at least.
1: I thought it'd be close. I don't think there was a single vote for record breakers. <gasps> Right? Do, pe- do people not like Record Breakers? Well, I, I'm amazed because I thought Record Breakers, that's just a joyful programme. Yeah. There's so much to enjoy in that. I mean, and honestly, like,
0: I could see, I thought that people would want to watch How To because it has a kind of appeal with the Fred Dynage of, of it all. Yeah. But genuinely, what I remembered about it was a sort of. Creeping disappointment that it never quite delivered on its promise. And that was very much borne out when we watched it.
1: <laughs> but anyway, the people have spoken and they voted in their droves for how to.
0: So that's what we went and watched.
1: That's what we went and watched. So we watched an episode from series one of How To, which is 1990. Now, do you want a bit of history about How and How To?
0: No, I don't really. But I understand that for the purposes of the show, I have to say yes. So, <laughs> sure.
1: Excellent. Well, obviously, this is How To, which is a sequel series to How.
0: I See, I wondered about this. I asked you about this in the pitch. Yes. Because I've... I refer to it as how and how-to, I wasn't yeah. sure what was right.
1: Well, it is how-to. It How started in 1966. No way. Yes. Uh, and it was originally pitched as a late-night programme to put on when people came in from the pub as a way of settling arguments and also teaching them tricks to play on their friends.
0: Are you joking me right now?
1: No, not at all. This was the initial idea for How, right? and then the guy realized actually this might work better in an afternoon thing aimed at kids.
0: Oh my goodness, I love that original idea as <laughs> as how to settle arguments and teach some pub tricks. Yeah. Because a lot of it was kind of like things you could do at the pub with a pint and a, a coin and whatever. Yeah, and I, I, I honestly because if you to go back to then, right, you can't look anything up on the internet to settle an argument. I love the idea that you do a show where it tries to settle all arguments. I love this concept. <laughs> Why haven't I seen the original? How? Who was on it? Was it Fred Dinage still?
1: <laughs> no, this this is one-off pilot um, broadcast to viewers in the southern television area only, so I wouldn't have seen it had I been alive in 66. Um, You've missed it on several levels yes, there. Yeah. it's one-off pilot broadcast 11.15 and it was uh, presented by Jack Hargreaves. right? Jack Hargreaves. Jack Hargreaves, so he did that first one on his own.
0: Right.
1: Not long after is when he brings in Fred Dynitch and uh, Bunty James and John Miller.
0: Are you taking the Mickey now?
1: No, I'm not.
0: How? How? When did Fred Dinage join it?
1: 1966.
0: <laughs> and someone called Bunty.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. Fred this Dinage. Is incredible work, Bunty. Uh, and yeah, it went from 1966 to 1981. When? Um,
0: how did I not know this? I can't believe I didn't realise this.
1: Yeah, but the reason it stopped then is because um, Southern TV lost the franchise. Right. STV lost their franchise rights. It was revived in 1990 as How to, which is what we're watching now, retaining Dinage. Yeah. Um, you know, don't and want bringing, to lose Dinage. And bringing in Vorderman and Gareth Jones. Gaz, yeah. Gaz, yeah. Gaz. Um, so that's and that's like the lineup we're fo- like that first lineup we're focusing on: Dinage, Vorderman, Jones.
0: That's the one I remember.
1: But yeah, but Dy- so there were um, seventeen series. Of the original How, then fifteen of How Two. Then there was a revival series, and then there's so they've done a revival series which was twenty twenty, again with Fred Dinage. Yeah, uh, so his third return to to the show, and there's talk now of another series being done next year, whether Fred Dinage will be on that time will only tell.
0: I think if he isn't, they should just have a cardboard cut out of him in the studio.
1: Well yeah, absolutely.
0: Fred Dinage's ever present form.
1: Yeah. Well that that's definitely it. So obviously this is the thing, it's all start with questions that start with how. But they are. So started as a late night thing to teach to solve pub arguments. Yeah, yeah. You know, all those kind of things. I
0: I absolutely love that.
1: There we are. But we are looking at how to, which I think is the one that most people will remember.
0: Well this yeah, this is when it's definitely for kids. Yep. Yeah. And, um, yeah, as you said, Vorderman's joined the gang now. This is early Vorderman, where yes. she looks like shit. Because <laughs> now she's all done up, like, you know, well, I don't want to say, women supporting women. She's done up lovely. She's done well for herself.
1: She's I, done, She's made the most of what she's got. I mean, I'm, uh, Google is, is trying to... Get me to look at Vorderman. Now. I've
0: told you before you're a man of a certain age <laughs> is... and it thinks you want Voldeman content. <laughs> this is the this is this is what you've got to realise about yourself. It thinks you want Vorderman content. Okay,
1: I I don't want Vorderman content. <laughs> right.
0: But it, <laughs> Have I... you ever in your life ever even just casually one afternoon thought about Vorderman content? No,
1: I've never Never thought... No, I've never 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 <laughs> what are you gonna say? Are you gonna say not one out?
0: <laughs> I think I've I'm already saying that. <laughs> and you know that I am.
1: No, I've I've never had a Vorderman moment. Um, <laughs> no, I mean what it is, right? Whenever you know when you open like Chrome on your phone or and yeah. you open up a new tab and you get those suggested like sites? Yeah. And it's normally there's like news stories and things like that in there. For some reason, like lately, the last six months or something, whenever I open up, the first one is always, Carol Vorderman flaunts it in a bikini. You won't believe what she looks like. I'm like, I don't, I'm not that interested, to be honest. Mm,
0: The algorithm says you are. Well, yeah,
1: I don't know where the algorithm's getting that from. I've never Googled Vorderman in my life.
0: What, you've been Googling how to?
1: Well, yeah, now, but not like six months ago. I wasn't looking up Vorderman then.
0: I don't know. I don't know who to believe.
1: My husband, who I love,
0: or the algorithm. It
1: just, it just <laughs> makes me think, you know, there, there must be a lot of Vorderman posing for photographers in bikinis in order for there to be that many articles oh, about it. Oh, there's it. lots
0: of Vorderman bikini snaps, and there's lots of gentlemen who are into that.
1: Well, I'm sure there are. Well, I mean, thing, I just i don't know why, but I, I spoke to a couple of friends and found... You've been
0: talking to your friends about this? Well, I
1: found that they're also getting targeted Vorderman <laughs> advertising. <laughs> Again, with no explanation. It's just
0: age. I think it's just age. I mean, I'm not that old, right? (laughs) The algorithm says you are.
1: (laughs) It's the desperate cry of the man in his mid-thirties, I'm not that old. (laughs) But I don't feel that I'm old enough to go, Carol Vorderman? No.
0: You don't feel that way about her? No, I don't feel that way about (laughs) Vorderman.
1: I've never thought Carol Vorderman gone, Never, no, never had that kind of reaction. To me, Carol Vorderman is akin to, like, Lorraine Kelly. What? Right. That, that, they're on like, a, on, like, a level, okay? Okay. So that's that's the level there. So I'm thinking, okay, so my feelings for Lorraine Kelly would mirror my feelings for Carol Vorderman, and I don't look at either of them as a sex object.
0: <laughs> what do you want, a medal? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I have to say, I... I also don't look at either of them as sex objects, but I can see that Vorderman has more sex appeal than Kelly. Right, okay. You know? Um. Well, this has gone down a weird road. I mean, we haven't even discussed the programme yet. It's no, all been about whether you want to have sex with Carol Vorderman.
1: Which I don't. We've established that. Okay. Okay. Right. okay. right,
0: well... That's... But I've, I've said on this show before... That I look at any group of people, right, (laughs) and decide which one is the sexiest, right? do. So, Gaz, right, he's credited Gareth as Gareth Gaztop Jones. Yes. I don't know what that means. Well,
1: I can explain, if you'd like. Okay. He started out as a roadie for a band called The Alarm. Right. And had the nickname... It's bad when...
0: Even the band that you were a roadie for, nobody's ever heard of. This is such a tenuous claim to fame. Okay, a roadie, yeah. And
1: his nickname was Gaz Top and it's kind of stuck.
0: Right, that isn't an explanation of the name. Because why is it Gaz Top? Like most pe- most men called Gareth will at some point get called Gaz, I imagine. Yes. But not Gaz Top. It doesn't it doesn't rhyme with it's nothing. It's not, it's not an explanation. He was a roadie. Oh okay. Right, that's not an explanation.
1: <laughs>
0: so anyway, he's clearly trying to be the sex appeal. He's got an earring and he's wearing leather trousers in this first episode. <laughs> right, so you've got Vorderman, who definitely there is an appeal, even though it's not, you know, it's not you, whatever the algorithm says. Gareth, with his leather trousers, and then Dinage. Who's who's your pick for sexiest?
1: Well, I mean... I. I... To be honest, out of those three, my pick probably is Vorderman. But I don't want that to be taken oh. as indicative proof. That's not what I expected you to say. Your pick, I think, is probably going to be Gareth.
0: Oh, I was going to say dining. You're
1: going for dining? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: Even though...
1: You want a bit of the D.
0: I don't. <laughs> not that D. Um, but the thing is... It- I, as I said, he's been on our local news up until recently. I don't know how old he is in this first episode, but he's just—he's—he's per, he's permanently old, isn't he? Yeah. And I think permanently wearing a hairpiece—that the hair in this can't be real, surely. I think
1: it's—it's it's almost like a comb over. Like I think he's leaning into the bald.
0: Do you? I think that's—I think that's a syrup.
1: It's a very high forehead for a syrup. I mean. To be honest, uh, you know, I think the more fringe you put on a syrup, the more noticeable it becomes.
0: That I don't believe that hair is real. I don't believe the hair. That hair. Oh, it's. I I
1: don't think you can impugn the the, the scalp of Dynage Oh, I mean, just there's so much of his head visible, like and not covered in hair. It's like why would you go to the trouble of covering just the very top of your head with a with a wig, and not. Do anything about the forehead, which is enormous.
0: I assume the forehead is his trademark.
1: Well, I, 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 I mean, maybe it is, but I'm sure dynage has never worn a wig.
0: I, I, oh, I'm not. I am not that sure. I'm honestly, <laughs> not that sure. But anyway, he has a very calming presence, a very uh, firm hand on the tiller. Yes, which I find far more sexual than Gaz Top's leather pants or Vorderman's mullet.
1: It is a mullet from Vorderman.
0: She, uh, the, it's got a feather top, a feather top in this first episode, yeah. and the the long straight Vorderman hair, which you you know was characteristic of the nineties. But the feather
1: top yeah. makes it a mullet. It, it very much like she's walked. She's like it's the look of like a backing dancer for Kajagoogoo.
0: Absolutely, the look. hundred yeah. a- <laughs> percent. Too shifty shy.
1: <laughs> Too shifty um, shy. <shy-dy-shy. laughs> Scatchugogo, isn't it? It's too shy, shy, too shy shy. No, is... they definitely say too shy, shy. That's how uh, too I go. Shy, shy. There's no sh. There's no d in the middle <laughs> of that. There's a shy shy. Stop trying to insert a d into the middle of too shy, shy. I am always trying to insert a D. <laughs> oh no,
0: that's terrible. <laughs> Do you really think that Fred Diner should never worn a wig? Yeah,
1: wow. I, I would be willing to stake my reputation on it. Would you? You don't have one, you know that, right? Well, I, that's why I'm willing to stake it on the on the basis that Dynage has never worn a wig. I mean <laughs> he, uh, yeah, I, I don't believe Dinage has ever worn a wig. I can't believe Dinage has worn a wig. I think he's just you know he's he doesn't seem like that kind of guy.
0: What kind of guy does he seem like? He
1: seems like well, I tell you, I looked up some more on Dinage because Okay, you know, before I moved down here, my own exposure to Dinage was how to. And obviously, come down here, and he's presenting local news. Now he's been a TV presenter continuously up until December, just gone, when he retired for fifty-six years. Fifty-six years as a TV presenter.
0: It's incredible, isn't it? It is
1: incredible. I mean, this thing—you know—he so this is this is from How How to, other bits and pieces he's done. He's also uh, a writer. He's also he's ghost-written autobiographies for the Cray twins.
0: I'm sorry, he's <laughs> ghost-written the Cray's autobiographies. Yes.
1: Yes, he has. I've caught you off guard, there, haven't I?
0: I don't know what to do with that information. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, no, genuinely, he's 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 written various factual books, including ghosting on these two autobiographies. Uh, you know, he's uh, <laughs>
0: autobiographies. <laughs> yes. So at some point, Fred Dinage went and met the Cray twins.
1: Well, I don't know whether he met them or whether, like, he got the notes and then, like. Uh, you know, polish them up. Like maybe he, he sort of added to them. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. But maybe he, in, entirely feasible he could have gone and met the Cray twins. You know, but I mean but what a life. What a life the man has led. What a life
0: for a has led.
1: Yeah. You know it's
0: And it, yeah, I was just looking at some pictures, it does seem like
1: he just has terrible hair. Well you know the man's been on TV a long time. He can do what he likes. Frankly you know he's he's I, I'm not, I won't hear anything against Dynage's hair or any impugning against his, his scalp.
0: Okay. Well, no, no, I didn't I, I didn't mean to criticize him. Are you sure you don't want to switch from Vorderman? No. You seem very defensive over Fred. Well, uh, no,
1: I feel I feel like I feel like, you know, Vorderman I, I Vorderman is the is the sensible choice. <laughs> I do not know. I like...
0: told you that algorithm knew <laughs> The algorithm knows you better than you do.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. Right. So
0: I enjoy the original credits of How to. Yeah which I think people will remember, probably late 80s, early 90s, where everything was quick cuts of stock footage. That was just a
1: look, yes.
0: you know, where you sort of matched things over, uh, things that they also looked like. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, in this you've got, like, there's like a series of people doing semaphore with flags. Yeah. And then there's, like, bits of technology sort of, yeah, superimposed over it and... And
0: superimposed is, sounds a lot more technical. than it's Laid, <laughs> <Yeah>. I think. <laughs> and, layered.
1: It's a very layered introduction.
0: And then, uh, yeah, the two is written through the, the how. Yes. Scribbled through the how. So that should have been my clue that it was originally called how.
1: Yeah. Anyway. Well, that that's that's like the sort of punky because it's so squiggly lines that are moving a little bit against the quite stayed. That's how, how you know it's w. for kids. Yeah, that's it's it. It's for the kids. For the kids. For the kids.
0: The questions were always disappointing. That's what I remember, more than anything.
1: I I realise now, going back, there is a lot of... This has brought up a lot of feelings I had at the time of this show. Yeah? Yeah, which were elements of frustration. I feel like this show promised to unlock the secrets of the universe. Yeah. And what it did instead was trick you.
0: It's all tricks. So the first question, this is a good example, Vorderman asks how can I make money disappear, right? Mm -hmm. And what she actually does is steals Fred Dynes' 10p, puts it under a glass um, that she then fills with water, and as she fills it, from the angle that they're showing you, you can no longer see the 10p. Now, I think everybody knows if you put a 10p under a glass and then fill it with clear, plain water, that if you just look over it, you'd be able to see the 10p. Yeah, we agree with that, right? Yeah, yeah. 100%. So, but from this one camera angle that they have, you can't see it because the light's bending or whatever. Um,
1: and poor old Fred has to go along with this, like he's shocked that the 10p's disappeared.
0: Yeah. And I and that is the one that they start with. Yeah. That's their first one in the episode to get you in, and it's just
1: disappointing it, for me. It, it's like one up from that thing where you'd bend fold, bend over one finger and then put your thumb over your hand and move it like, oh, I have pulled my finger off. It's yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, like one on each hand. You think it it's together. one up
0: from that? Well,
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> fair point. Fair point. I mean, this is I mean, the other one they say in the intro is like Fred says. How can you tell? Where someone is from, from the shape of their ears.
0: This is an absolute classic. I wanted to get to this one. Yeah. Because I, right, this is from 1990, so I would have been three. Mm -hmm. And I must not have seen it when I was three. I must have seen it when I was older because I remember this. Okay. I remember it. Right, okay. Genuinely. Um, Because Fred Dynage does He actually does a really great sort of little bit Doesn't he Where he says um, So we look at uh, Gaz Gaz's ears here And um, they're quite shell-like Probably he's from um, the seaside uh, I'm thinking maybe uh, North Wales. And Gaz is like, you're right, that's amazing. And then he looks at Vorderman's ears mm. and he's like, um, they're also shell-like, smaller, more feminine, um, probably probably North Wales again. I don't know why everybody's from North Wales.
1: But he goes, oh, some, somewhere near real. Yeah. And um, she seems genuinely surprised mm. that he can do that. Said, How do you know that? And he said, well, you told me yesterday uh, where you're from. and
0: It was a bit. It was a bit he was doing. He
1: was doing a bit, yeah.
0: And then he says, you can't tell with people, but you can tell with elephants. And we just cut to some elephants. So it's a total cheat, right? (laughs) Because all that he's really talking about is African and Indian elephants. The African ones have bigger ears. And Africa's bigger than India. So it's just, it's like... Their ears are supposed to resemble the continent or the country that they're from. Yeah,
1: which they which they don't really.
0: Well, they sort of vaguely do. Vaguely. In but that both of those places both the continent of Africa and the country of India have a point on the bottom. So they vaguely look like an elephant's ear.
1: But I mean the problem is I think if you're using that, if you're using if you're looking at an elephant's head side on and you're trying to figure out where it's from based on the shape of its ear, there's a lot of places you can mistake that for. You think, ah, oh, that's the well, South American elephant because that's where the continent it looks like that continent with the well, point on the end.
0: If you're close enough to an elephant and trying to identify it, I think you probably know that there are no South American elephants.
1: <laughs> yes. That's not a type of elephant. I think this is the other thing. Like if you're if you're in the wild and an elephant's coming towards you and you're trying to identify which type of elephant it is, mm. to be honest, you're not going to forget where you are.
0: No, there's three places you can be. You could be in Africa yes. and the elephant comes towards you and it's an African elephant. You could be in India and it's an Indian elephant coming towards you. Or you could be in a zoo and it doesn't fucking matter because there's an elephant coming towards yes. you.
1: there's a small plaque telling you which elephant it is next to it there. that's. <laughs> it seems like a fairly useless trick.
0: But the problem with this question is that the lie is more impressive than the truth. So the lie is what I remembered. I didn't remember that it turned out to be about elephants. All I remember is that Fred Dynage has an amazing ability to identify where people are from based on the shape of their ears. I forgot the bit where he says, oh no, that's a joke, and moved on to elephants, because that's not interesting. It's a classic example of this happening, where the lie is so much more seductive than the truth. You see this happen. It's like how... Everybody thinks Bob Holness played sax on Baker Street by Jerry Rafferty.
1: Yes, and I still don't know why everyone thinks that's the case.
0: Because a music magazine used to make up ridiculous facts. Right. Like joke facts and print them in this music magazine. I can't remember what one it was. And they were all joke facts. But this one is so believable and so tantalizing that it just stuck. <laughs> So the lie just becomes more interesting than, you know, oh, no, actually, everybody knows that it was, you know, Tim who played the sax. The lie is so much more interesting. So that's what everyone sticks with.
1: I think this is the thing. I mean, to be honest, believable lies have to have detail to them. You know, that, that's the thing you've got to have. I, I remember I had a friend when I worked in a pub several years ago. He wrote a pub quiz one night and he did a true or false round. Mm. And I was working on the boss, so I wasn't taking part in the quiz. Who so levelled with me that every single thing in the true or false round was false, but they <laughs> sounded believable. So the first one was true or false. You can get blood from a stone, but only if it contains at least seventeen percent bauxite.
0: That, who, that why is that believable?
1: I genuinely. That's not it, believable. Be, no, but the thing is, it's like it, it said. It, it's written in that tone that it could well be believable, and then people were going like, "Yeah, definitely." I'm like. People didn't know what bauxite was. I People was going to say is like, bauxite real. I don't know if bauxite real. It sounded real. And it looked real written down. Mm. <laughs> but it could not be. This I think you know, if you there's an art to lying and specificity is part of that art. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You can't you you've got to have detail. De- this is what I'm saying, if you want to trick someone, detail is king. But
0: the th- the thing is, well, he isn't lying or trying to trick us because he tells us immediately. He tells us immediately. And yet, the bit where he admits the truth isn't interesting. She just stick with the lie.
1: The thing is, the question itself is a setup for a lie because he says, "How can you tell where a person is based on the sign of the shape of their ears?" And the answer is, you can't.
0: Most of these
1: questions trick you. Yes, Yes, they don't.
0: Whatever they show you does not answer the question
1: you're absolutely right. I mean I mean Gaz moves on to how can you move in space?
0: This uh, actually I have no argument with this one. No,
1: this is a solid one.
0: I thought this was amazing. This actually taught me something. This nearly made me forgive every lie they told me on this episode. <laughs> this was my favorite one.
1: Yeah, so he so Gaz basically you know it says when you haven't he says if you haven't got force or gravity or like air pressure affecting you you're Which in, you are Which you haven't in space? I mean arguably you've got gravity affecting you but you know how what do, do you, you mean? well you know gravity still exists in space gravity exists in a vacuum but for the purposes of this fair enough you're you're in space where you have no gravity what? on you What? Gravity exists in space as a force.
0: Yeah but what would you be
1: well, like if you're like you know, if you're in orbit of the Earth, you'll be pulled into that orbit. You'll be pulled into the Earth
0: because you're in orbit. Yeah, yeah. But if you're just free floating in space,
1: yeah. Okay, so assume Carol Vorderman is free floating in space, and he puts her on
0: oxygen f- still exists, but you haven't got any. No, you know? true.
1: Yeah, it's it's infin- it's going fucking good to you
0: because it's it's on a planet somewhere. Yes.
1: <laughs> what are you talking about? I, I just, it just, it's just, it's just a little niggle from us from a science perspective. That-,
0: that gravity still exists. Nobody said that gravity ceases to exist if someone goes to space. He's <laughs> it's, it's talking about you being in space and floating free.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so obviously you're not in direct orbit, are you? <laughs> no. What is going on? What I, are you saying?
1: <laughs> saying the premise of his setup seemed to suggest that there is no gravity at all in space. And there is still gravity, or just might be quite far removed from gravitational sources. Gravitational pull. Yes. But gravity still there. So, I mean, you could theoretically be affected by gravity of something going past you, or you coming close to something. But for the purposes of this experiment... That is unimportant. He puts Vorderman on. You a
0: can't f- watch this show with a pedant because <laughs> there's so many holes in all of their things, and I can't believe this is the one that you're going with. <laughs>
1: anyway. Gravity
0: still exists. Yes, I, yeah, a lot of things still exist, but he's saying you're somewhere where you don't have them.
1: Well, I, but this is the thing. It's like at that point. It, it's the problem is it's presented as advice of what do you do. Well, how- it's not advice, <laughs> okay. Right, because what happens in this
0: demonstration is he has Vorderman on a turntable and he gives her a bicycle wheel.
1: Yes.
0: I, in no way was that meant to be advice to children.
1: <laughs> he puts her on a frictionless turn. I mean, I'd really like to know where you got a frictionless turntable
0: from. I'd like to have a go on the turntable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Vorderman's up there on a turntable, so she starts spinning. Yes. Right, and because it's frictionless, she can't stop herself. So she's spinning and spinning and spinning. She doesn't have anything around her to like hold. She's just she's just there spinning, spinning, spinning. Can't grab onto anything. So therefore, she can't stop herself and she can't change direction. Okay. So they demonstrate that, mm-hmm. and then he gives her a bicycle wheel. Yes. Right? A, a a bicycle wheel that he spins and she has. She's held holding it by like an axle in the middle. Yeah. Right. And she can use it when she turns it she can use it to stop herself or change direction. Yeah. And it's, they're demonstrating sort of like a gyroscope effect. But this was amazing to me. Oh, yeah. Co- I've incredible. never seen it demonstrated
1: so well. No. And, th- and this, is, this, is I think, is when like, How To was golden, when it's showing you science in action. Yeah. And the problem is there's so, so few bits of this and the rest of it is mired in, ha-ha, we got you with that one. Because, mm. yeah, so he does that. Then he, he gives Carol a fire extinguisher. Yeah. I and mean, we we wanted to do this shooting off a fire extinguisher like it's a retro rocket to kind of correct yourself.
0: It wasn't as impressive as I wanted it to be. No. I wanted her to start spinning like like the girl in the Exorcist's head. I wanted <laughs> like to, a Catherine wheel. Just... I I wanted to be going like a Catherine wheel loose on the floor all <laughs> over the place. But it, instead she just goes slightly faster.
1: And then yeah, Gareth gives himself a jetpack. Uh again from another from a compressed air canister. Yeah, and he's so you've got Carol spinning around on a frictionless turntable. Gareth's shooting across over there. Meanwhile, Fred in his leather pants. In his leather pants,
0: it makes it sound like such a more exciting episode than it actually is. <laughs> Fred Diner just looks on.
1: <laughs> so you get these moments of excitement, and interest, and then you get things like, "How did cats help to win the Second World War?"
0: Yeah, and this one, I ah, oh, it really felt like. There must have been other ways that cats probably helped more than
1: this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah. What are all the ways that cats might have helped? When somebody says to you, right, how did cats help win the Second World War? Can you think of any ways that, like, you might have
1: thought they would do? I can think, yeah. What well, you know, you've got like morale of troops. They had like a unit cat, uh, you know, catching vermin and keeping food stores safe. Yeah, you know, the, these are all positive things that cats could do.
0: Could have done. You yeah. know,
1: there's, there's, yeah, there's all sorts. But you know, that that's two. Uh, I struggle to think of any others. Um,
0: but, um, you know, could have put a bomb on the back of a cat and sent it in.
1: Oh, you couldn't get a cat to do that. Let's, no? Let's, no, I, to be honest, cats don't like taking orders. This is why you don't have, like, cats Let- used in airports to sniff out drugs.
0: Because they won't follow orders.
1: Yeah, basically.
0: I think, um, I know what you're saying, but they used ferrets to um, lay the cameras for the Charles and Diana's wedding. And ferrets don't follow waters, so I think you could you could find a way to use a cap. <laughs> if you're ingenious enough, you can you can use a cap. Okay. Does everybody know about this?
1: The The ferrets, I mean, I did, but I'm not sure wider than that people. Be... Why do I know this? This was mentioned the other night. Wasn't I think it,
0: it was on a, it was a quiz question. I love a quiz show. I bloody love a quiz show, yes, and it was a quiz question on something, but basically, um, yeah, when they were doing I think it was Charles and Diana's wedding, they had to get cameras everywhere, and I guess in a fairly old building, so they so they used ferrets to run through small spaces and run cables through.
1: I mean, the thing is, I I feel like a ferret is much more responsive to you sticking a bit of food at the other end of a hole.
0: Do you think? Yeah, than a cat You just tie something to its back and then you say, go, and then it sees the food and it goes for it.
1: Yeah, like that. And to be honest, you you could You don't think you could do that with a cat? Well, no, I I don't think you could. I think a cat a cat will always take the shortest possible distance to the food. Or more What's likely, a-, a cat will just sit there and start licking its bollocks.
0: What's a cat's chief attribute, do you think?
1: I mean, they're mindless killers.
0: So they could have been useful in a war.
1: Definitely, definitely. What's happening? We're talking about cats and ferrets.
0: We're in danger of becoming Alan Partridge right now. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, that's what I thought from this whole bit, because he starts talking about cat size in the road. Yeah. And it's it's... Because
0: that is actually how Fred Dynage answers this question. Yes. How did cats help to win the Second World War? Turns out that he wants to talk about cat's eyes, which apparently were invented in the Second World War. I didn't realise that. No, I didn't either. Um, Because the blackouts meant that car headlights were like down to a slit to minimise the amount of light.
1: Yeah, a downward facing slit as well. A
0: downward facing slit. Fine. It does give us the um uh great moment when Fred Dinage turns to Vortimans and says, Carol, could you switch your headlights on?
1: <laughs> now that's why Dinage gets targeted adverts about Vorderman. Oh
0: yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that
1: is a that is a great line. I did really really like that. I mean, there's another great one in this mm. where um, Carol asks, how can a piece of paper be rude?
0: Oh, this one was beyond anything. Yeah. This was innuendo city.
1: <laughs> and so initially, Gaz and um, Fred suggest something that's written or drawn on it.
0: Well, well, the question is, how rude is a piece of paper? Yes. Which is a ridiculous question. And, they, and Gaz and Fred Dynage answer it in exactly the right way, which is, it depends. Yes. And they say, it depends what's written on it. Or or it depends what's drawn on it, Mm -hmm. which is exactly the right answer. It does depend. Yes. And but it's the whole thing is a precursor to her making a ridiculous instrument. Yes.
1: So she gets a sheet of paper, turns it, and from one corner with a pencil in it, rolls it up till you get a very long thin tube.
0: Yeah. We could try this, you know. We
1: could try this. Yeah. She. Um. You gonna try it right now? I'm
0: gonna try it right now. All right.
1: You try it right now. You you need a.
0: Is this a piece of Right size of a piece of paper. Well, yeah, I think I think
1: the point of their thing was it can be any size piece of paper. Okay. You need a pencil. There, don't you? you need to roll it around.
0: Oh, I need to roll it around a pencil. You need
1: an implement. Okay, I've
0: got an implement. I okay. can roll it around.
1: Right. So you roll it around. So basically, this is.
0: This is live. This is how to. <laughs> we're doing now.
1: Yeah. See, how rude is rolling... a piece of paper? I mean, that one's quite rude because it's some notes from a previous episode. Uh, do you are, mind
0: if I cut up your notes from a previous not episode? Not at all. I'm you're not going to sure go back and words on it. redo um, it, are you?
1: No. So you keep rolling, keep rolling, keep rolling, keep rolling.
0: Right. I've
1: I've rolled it up. Now, I holding see... it in that shape, you need to take the thing out and then you need some scissors.
0: No, I need to I need to tape it up, don't I?
1: Yes. Yes, you do need to tape it up. Have you got any tape?
0: I, I don't know how to get the pencil out. Oh, there you go. that's how. Like I that. shook it violently. That's, <laughs> that's um, it. Yeah, there's tape
1: here. Okay, right. So you're going to take a bit of... <laughs> A roll of electrical tape, which I don't know why it's in this room. Well, we're in the spare room, so the the
0: things that are in this room are fairly obscure. This I, this has melted on the. You shouldn't have left this on the windowsill. Okay, well that. It's very sticky.
1: Okay, well that's fine. That means it'll be extra tacky when you when you tape it around. You can just tear it. Um, can I? Yep, you should be able to just tear electrical tape. There you go. Okay. Right, so you stick that around the middle, hold it in together. So you've got this tube.
0: Oh, I'm making a terrible job of this. Vorderman would not be proud.
1: Vorderman would not. I've squished
0: my tube (laughs) because I was squeezing the tape so hard.
1: Right, now you need... (laughs) Easy now. Easy. Now, you need a pair of scissors because you need to do some cuts. There
0: must be scissors. Have you checked your drawers? (laughs) Not for a while.
1: Hooray!
0: As ever, there's nothing in my drawers. (laughs)
1: Here we go. This is a blade. Okay, yeah, you can use a blade.
0: I don't. This. I health and safety. What you know? Get a parent
1: to help. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Don't don't get a parent to do all the sharp bits for you. Or you know, if you're after someone with experience of a blade. Fred Dine just written ghost uh, ghostwritten for the craze. So, you know, I'm sure Fred can can tell you tales about a blade. So now, what we
0: need to do is Where um, it goes to
1: a V here, you need to cut one side and then the other side.
0: Make it an arrowhead.
1: Yes, make an I've arrowhead. I've actually
0: just torn it, but this whole thing is quite badly made.
1: Okay, and then So you I'm not fold, convinced it's gonna work. You fold the arrowhead up over the opening of the, the tube.
0: Oh uh, yes. Fold up your flap.
1: Yep, and then, uh, as Carol says, you give it a good old suck. Oh, a suck? Yes. Not a blow? No, not a blow, you got to suck.
0: That's interesting, isn't it? Because you would think... <laughs> 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 right, nothing's happened, Will. <laughs> We've just wasted the listeners' time. I wasted your time. I've wasted my time.
1: Well, I mean What then... do you
0: think I'm doing wrong? Well, I, I need Vorderman to show me I how thi- it's done. <laughs> 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 it's not the noise it's
1: meant to make, is no, it? No, it's meant to make like a farty noise. I don't know why it's I don't know why it's not working. I don't know. Um is it it's just too open at the end or? Maybe it's got to be like quite a tight tube.
0: A very tight tube. Maybe you got a
1: very tight You think pipe. my tube
0: too? Loose.
1: Well, I I don't know. It just seems like quite a broad pipe compared to the ones Vorderman's used to. I know. Um,
0: Absolutely not working. No chance. (laughs) See, this is what happens when you listen to them.
1: Well, this is disproved. But basically, uh, you know, Carol says the longer you make it, the lower the noise. Mm. Um, Evidently, you know. I've got no noise. No noise at all on on your pipe. Um, So. Carol exhorts them all when they've got theirs. Oh, I've got She's... written
0: down suck gently. Maybe I'm sucking too hard.
1: Okay, maybe that's it.
0: No. It's not it's it's my ends badly made.
1: Ah, uh, see this is
0: I was sucking too hard though. <laughs> but I I can see the problem now. Yeah,
1: so you listen to Carol, she'll tell you suck gently. It's all about the technique, it's all how you handle it. But she, she, you know, she waits for Gaz and Fred to get their pipes out, and then she exhorts them all. A one a two suck. Um, one two suck.
0: I couldn't cope with. <laughs> I had to, I had to calm down for a minute after
1: that. I mean, so yeah. You know, I, I really want to is... give it another go now.
0: We <laughs> well, haven't got the time. We, we haven't got, got the, the time. time. In my own time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: If we get it working, I'll practice we'll, 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 Fordham's we'll do technique. On a future episode.
0: I was going to say we could put up a clip of it if it works, but yes. um, I don't... <laughs> I don't think it's going to work.
1: Here, oh dear. Right, so there's... We've got a couple of other ones thrown in here, which mostly just... The first one is just showing off, like, a thing. Gaz is riding a motorbike around the studio. This
0: is just rubbish, isn't it? This, yeah. is, this is a classic. We've got An idea for something we want to put on the show, but there's no question attached to it.
1: Because the question he sets himself is, how can you continue your journey when you get a puncture?
0: Exactly. And the answer is, fix the puncture. Yes. Get someone to pick you up. Yep. We had to take the bus.
1: The AA. These are these are all acceptable answers. Sorry,
0: the AA. If yes. you've got a puncture, yes. On a motorbike, I guess.
1: Yeah, not not like on a <laughs> not on a push bike. <laughs> Hello, AA. <laughs> I seem to have broken down. <laughs> I've got a flat tire, and also the chains come off. Uh... <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, so he's riding along on his motorbike, and there's a giant parcel on the back. He pretends to get a puncture, takes this thing off, unzips it, and there's a fold-out motorbike in the bag.
0: Yeah, the the first motorbike that he rides in on is huge, isn't it? It is. It's It's a big old motocross bike. It's a big bike. Big bike. And he seems like he would have a bike. Yeah. Right? And then, yeah, he takes off his backpack, Mm -hmm. and inside is a smaller, far less impressive motorbike.
1: Yes. Well, no, that's on the back (laughs) of the bike. He's got that. Because then he's also wearing a backpack.
0: Oh, okay. So I was going to say, I thought he picked up a second backpack.
1: No, he does a lap of the of the studio on this second bike, yeah. gets a puncture in basically the same place. Yes. At which point I think, well, Gaz, you know, that's Stop riding field. over that. Stop riding over that place. That's not going forward, that's going in a circle. Yeah. You can do that without a motorbike. And then takes off his backpack, opens that up, and that's got a Brompton folding bike in it.
0: But, I mean, that, that must have been impressive at the time. But nowadays... The commuters have got ones that fold down half the size. Oh,
1: yeah, those folding bikes are everywhere. Can't yeah. can't move. Can't and move it them. looks,
0: when he's putting it together, it looks really complicated. Yeah. You know how, like, nowadays people with their push chairs, they do it in one fluid motion? Yeah. But back in the day, any time I got the bus when I was a kid, there was always a woman, like, literally hammering the pram, going, <laughs> get down, it won't fold down! <laughs> Things have improved no end.
1: Things have they yeah. have. I mean and and it shows like how that clearly was showing us you can have but like a I finding... have to say
0: I wanted him to have another smaller bike or yeah. a, or a unicycle. Well yeah, that's it. I want have a he unicycle. He seems like the type that could unicycle. He does. I feel like I, I feel like I've seen him with circus skills. Okay. Do you know what I mean?
1: I mean, I've looked him up. There's no mention of circus skills. No, 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 no. he wouldn't he wouldn't,
0: um, wouldn't be a, he wouldn't make a big deal out of it.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: I just think he can do a bit of uh juggling. A few laps on a unicycle, yeah. maybe a bit of Diablo.
1: Oh, okay. Definitely seems like a Diablo type. He does, doesn't he? He really does. Seem, he, like, he seems th- You know there's a type who do the Diablo, and he definitely seems like the type.
0: Do people know what Diablos are?
1: Well, I, I presume they do. I don't know if there's another name for them, but it's the whole... It, it's it, like
0: two cups stuck together at the base. Yeah. And then you've got a string, and you kind of... A it's str- like
1: two two wooden poles with a string on it, and you kind of, by whipping it like back and forth, you make the thing spin... Yeah, and then he can throw it up in the air and catch it and flip it over and do all kinds of stuff.
0: He seems like he would do that.
1: Yeah, he does seem like he would do that. It seems very much the Diablo type. <laughs> um, he he actually he hosts a motoring podcast called Gareth Jones on Speed. Which does uh, he
0: really? He does. That's yeah. fascinating to know. Are you going to tag him when you put this up?
1: I think I might well do. Yeah. It's, uh... Oh no,
0: he's going to hear what we say. <laughs> he's going to hear me say that I think Fred Dynish is the sex in this <laughs> threesome. <laughs> He probably knows that
1: already, <laughs> but he yeah. So that we've had this, and then yeah, I did want extra bikes to come out. I want the unicycle. I wanted really him to be riding one of those tiny little bikes, like they were they're riding a circus. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. that kind of That's thing. That's what I wanted next. Just, yeah. just endless bikes. <laughs> could have made that segment so much more fun. And then a
1: fold-out pogo stick, I and mean, he makes very own the pogo stick. That can, that yeah. would be yeah. yeah. Just just decreasing amounts until eventually he's just walking. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Then they hack off one of his legs.
1: <laughs> just, he just
0: he <laughs> hops. Then they take the other one and he, he's dragging bloody stumps around the studio. <laughs> oh,
1: but the final thing we get this episode...
0: Fred Dining's just hacking away at him going, how can you continue your journey? <laughs>
1: So, after we've had this whole rig roll with, with gas and his increasingly small folding transportation... It methods, was
0: just two. Just, just just to say, we've made that so much more impressive than it was. It was just the two. Yes.
1: Um, Carol Carol
0: asks, comes out, right? And I tell you what, I'm not happy with the gender divide here. No,
1: I didn't think you would be.
0: No, because <laughs> I, I knew that they made her do the maths but that is in her skill set, so
1: I get that. I know
0: there are numbers ones that she does, but they make her do some cooking on the end. Why is she doing some sodding cooking?
1: Yes, she asks, how can you bake ice cream in an oven and still keep it cold without it melting? How can
0: you take cold ice cream out of a hot oven or something like that, right? And straight away, as an adult, I know this is going to be about a sodding baked Alaska. Because it just is a thing, isn't it? Well, yeah, it?
1: but I mean, this was this was this was nineteen ninety. We come through the eighties when baked Alaska was everywhere. Everyone knew what a baked Alaska was.
0: I'm prepared to go on the fact that some children didn't know what a baked Alaska was. All right, not oh. not everybody's fancy pants like you with your cheese course. <laughs> all right, I don't think I've ever had a baked Alaska. Have you not? No, I don't think I have. Because to me, why oh, bother? honestly (laughs) it's a lot of faff it's a lot of faff and it can go wrong yeah i always say you know make sure you totally coat the ice cream otherwise it'll melt obviously because you're putting ice cream into an oven Mm -hmm. ridiculous uh just serve yourself up some ice cream and if you want to have a meringue with it have a meringue yeah you know don't go to a load of faff now I, i i certainly wasn't convinced by what carol vorderman does here oh no Firstly, right, if she's trying to make this sound appetizing, which I know it isn't a cooking show, so maybe she isn't. She keeps calling the meringue layer the quilt. She's trying to get this idea that like the air bubbles in a meringue are insulating the ice cream mm-hmm. and so they're not letting through the heat, but she keeps calling it a quilt. <laughs> Who wants to eat a quilt? And then um she she's got this Rotten ass meringue mixture. Awful. It's like so overly fluffy. It doesn't look like food anymore. I don't know if maybe the meringue wouldn't like under the hot lights was melting or
1: separating. I think probably they've over whipped it and then it has separated a bit. I think it's been out a while them filming. It
0: looks horrific. Yeah. She she spoons it on in this haphazard manners because she's not really trying to teach us to cook this thing. Right. She's just sort of demonstrating what it's like. She takes one out of the oven. Right, firstly, it doesn't look like an oven. So no kid is convinced by this. No. It's one of those tiny little cabinet, like, convection things. It's yeah. smaller than a microwave.
1: Yes. So She no takes ki- one out of the microwave first to show that's what you shouldn't don't
0: do. not do that because microwaves cook from the inside out. Right, fine, I get it, Carol. I won't microwave my baked Alaska <laughs> at three years old. Right? Then <laughs> she takes one out of this tiny, tiny little fake oven. No kid is going to think that that's super hot. It doesn't look hot. She takes it out. It doesn't even look like it's been cooked. The, the meringue around the side doesn't look crispy. It looks exactly the sort of same as when it, w- it went in. Nobody is thinking, "Oh, it's so impressive." It doesn't look
1: appetising at any
0: doesn't point. Doesn't look appetising. <laughs> doesn't look cooked. Doesn't look hot or cold. It is nothing. It is a nothing segment. They just wanted to make the woman do some cooking.
1: <laughs> they did. That's. I mean, that's it exactly. And you know, they all they all um, <laughs> they all dig in for a bit of this horrendous. Non-baked Alaska.
0: Yeah, yeah, they all pretend to eat it. I yeah. assume that's in the contract.
1: I, I guess it is. They it didn't have be.
0: those contracts where they can refuse to eat like Mariah Carey does. You've seen her with the crisps?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's, I think
0: it's in her contract that she only has to take a bite. Yes. She, has, she only has to take one bite, so therefore she eats a quarter crisp.
1: The, she takes a sm, the smallest bite imaginable <laughs> full of like crisp. Christmas Walker's adverts. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that is How To 1990. We now. Jump forward to 2003.
0: If we thought things were bad and they were stretching a bit on those questions in 1990, imagine how much worse it is 13 years later.
1: (laughs) Well, we're we're now... I mean, this this iteration ran to 2006, so we're getting towards the end of it now, right? We've had a personnel change.
0: We have. So, yeah, uh, Vorderman, because she's a woman... She can't remain on children's television past the age of about 35, so they've replaced her with a new, younger, sexier woman to make sure that we don't have to look on the hideous visage of of an ageing woman. Get her off the screen! Get her off the screen!
1: Well, uh bit of the uh, bit, bit of history oh tell me so Vaudeman does it from 1990 to 1996 okay she then leaves
0: does she leave of her own accord or is she pushed
1: I don't know but she leaves in 96
0: is there bad blood
1: replaced by Sean Lloyd.
0: Sean Lloyd, the weather woman.
1: Yes, Sean Lloyd, the weather woman.
0: My dad hates Sean Lloyd more than he hates any other person. Now, why does your dad hate Sean Lloyd? I think she's too happy about the weather. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Now, I would half expect it to be a case of your dad hates Sean Lloyd because any time he's been caught out in a rain shower or something, Sean Lloyd hasn't picked it up on the news.
0: No, no, no. I think I think he watches the weather, but he doesn't ever actually trust that they've got it right. Um, but what it is specifically with her is that she smiles too much. She smiles in a creepy way about the weather.
1: Okay. Yeah. I can't have ever noticed that. Oh you haven't noticed her creepy smile? No, I haven't. Well clearly someone must have because Charles Lloyd's only there for a year for like one series. I
0: was gonna say I don't remember that.
1: Then uh Vorderman comes back for She a comes year. back. She comes back uh for ninety eight, she then leaves again, and in ninety nine you get Gail Porter.
0: Oh then, really? Yes,
1: and then in two and then Gail Porter leaves and is replaced by Gail McKenna. I was going to say, this
0: one's Gail as well. This
1: is. This is Gail McKenna. Now, it's interesting you said about having to have sex appeal because Gail McKenna started her career as a glamour model and a page three girl. Did she really? She did, yes.
0: Mm. Mm. And
1: then um, gave it up and went into presenting and everything else.
0: I don't like her (laughs) on multiple different levels. I don't care if, if, if you want to be a glamour model. That's fine. If people will pay you cash to get your tits out, you go for it, love. I've got no problem with that. My problem is Vorderman is there because she's does the maths. She's got some intelligence to bring to an educational show. This one is there because she it's the nineties and she's got chunky highlights. She
1: has or got it's very chunky it's the early chunky highlights. noughties. Yeah, we've had a slight change. We've changed the intro as well. We've now got like more sciency I think.
0: It's just very disappointing this intro.
1: Yeah. Well there's there's more sort of it's got to be honest it feels like the 1990 intro felt very 80s. And now the 2003 intro feels very 90s with like the sort of like beats and a bit more guitar over it and
0: Always a bit behind. Yes, always Ow. a bit behind
1: the times for a science-based program. Um
0: Yeah. So vorderman has been replaced by a new sexier presenter. Yes. Gaz Gaz Top Jones has gone grey.
1: Yes, and is no longer going by Gaz Top. He's just he's not Gaz Top. He's just
0: Gaz. And then Fred, exactly the same.
1: Exactly the same. He
0: is a constant. Yes, in a sea of change.
1: (laughs) He is, and I feel like you know, yeah, you need Fred through this. Fred's the 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 anchor, the linchpin of this show.
0: I clearly didn't like those credits because I've written horrendous techno credits. Yes. So, I'd forgotten them by now. It's only been a day since we watched it. But my notes quite clearly say the words, horrendous techno credits.
1: <laughs> now, the, so, again, a, a lot of... Do you mean the basic setup of the show hasn't really changed. It's still a lot of tricks... A lot of malarkey. It's all tricks.
0: It's all tricks.
1: Yeah, so the first malarkey. one Gareth comes up with is, you know, how can you defy gravity?
0: Oh, not gravity again. And he's got... I really don't want to hear your definitions of gravity. <laughs>
1: he's got a black cord. Go to
0: space, Gareth.
1: <laughs> yes, Gareth, you've already covered this one thirteen years ago. He's got a black cord and a little metal ring, and he manages to get the ring to go up the cord, and then it turns out... I think
0: almost anyone seeing that would understand how that works. Yes, because you can see him, he's got one hand slightly higher so that the ring is travelling upwards. Mm-hmm. But it's quite clear he's just pulling on the cord.
1: Well, well that yes, what he's saying is because it's an elastic cord, it's basically the he's moving the elastic, yeah. which is moving, so the ring is staying stationary. I think anyone can is, figure that out. Yeah.
0: As I was watching it, I was like, my Am I supposed to be convinced of something
1: here? Well, I think this is the thing. I think, again, this is more in the sort of pub ammo tricks sort of side of things. Yeah. And I kind of wish they had leaned more into that and and more things of like, here's one for your kids. Not now, but 10 years' time, you can use this to win an argument. You know, that (laughs) kind of... Excellent. How can you get a five pound note from under this pint glass without moving the pint glass?
0: That's what we all want to see. Yes, only th- only things you can do with pint glasses.
1: <laughs> it's like how you get the olive in this wine glass. You go know, off the table. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever seen that one? You, you basically use centrifugal force and get the olive to spin on the inside of the wine glass so that you can lift it off the off the bar without touching it. I
0: think I've seen it with a coin.
1: Oh, okay, oh, okay. I don't think I've seen it with a coin, but we the one we used to do. Maybe in I haven't the then was um, I picked this up when I went to um, Edinburgh, stole it from a bar there, which is you get one of those old massive pims jugs, yeah. and you fill it about two-thirds full of water, and you put an orange in it, or a lemon, and you basically say, if you can balance a pound coin on there, and it stays put, you can have whatever money's in the bottom, and normally it's you know, like 30 quid in change at the bottom, but if it falls in, we keep it. Um, and it's impossible to get the pound coin to balance perfectly on the orange.
0: See that's an interesting one Because as soon as you say it's impossible I, th- I think it doesn't sound that hard Give me a go well,
1: Yeah this is it And when people are drunk They really really want to have a go Yeah, yeah, um, bet. yeah. Bet. I bet Yeah, I cleaned up on that for a few weeks And then my boss stopped it
0: um, <laughs> <laughs> So have you got any party tricks Or pub tricks that you can do no,
1: no, Have see, you got
0: a party trick
1: I haven't really got a party trick I used to I mean no I haven't I've got a thing where I can snap my fingers together Get moved from one hand to the other um, nobody's impressed by that. Nobody's impressed by that, no. I mean, I don't think I have. I mean, I've, I've, I used to know more of these. I know I like how to separate two pint glasses without touching them. That's one I used to trick people with, Pub.
0: How, how are the pint glasses set up? The
1: basic setup set up so they're lying on their side on the bar, one, like, stacked inside the other.
0: And you can separate them without touching them? Yes. Do you get somebody else to do it? No. Is it the bar towel?
1: It's not the bar towel, no, there's no bar towel involved. No
0: bar towel. No bar towel. There's always a bar towel. No,
1: it's no bar towel. <laughs> it's <laughs> No bar towel involved in this one. No, I used to do this all the time. I used to get a few free drinks out of this one. Um you what you do is there's, there's they are not stacked like together, there's a slight gap between them. So you blow into one and the air pressure forces them apart.
0: You must have a hell of a blow. I'll give you my instrument. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll finish recording, do you? <laughs> Um
0: oh, it would suck anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, that's that the, the the I could never I never got the knack, but there's one where basically if you get a wine glass and you balance a 10p coin on either side like opposite each other on the rim. So two 10p coins on the rim this wine glass. And it's supposed to be with one hand get them both off without them falling into the glass. Mhm. Um and if you try and do it, you end up knocking them into the glass or anything else like that. And it's got to be sort of one hand, one motion. And the way to do it is you press down on them, hold them against the edge of the wine glass, mm. and then pull up and pull your fingers together like that. And if you do it quick enough, you come up with the two 10ps pressed together in your fingers.
0: Oh, you got to be quick for that.
1: You have got to be really quick. So I can never do it. It takes a lot of practice. Yeah. Um, but and yeah, we we weren't ever that quiet that I could practice it a lot. No. Um, but yeah, that's. That was a good one. I was always very impressed by people who could do that. Have you got a party trick?
0: I don't think I have, you know.
1: No? Anything impressive that you can do that other people can't?
0: I don't have regular skills. (laughs) So I've never really developed any um, party tricks. No, I can't ride a bike. So it seems unlikely that I'll be able to get the dexterity for some of these things. (laughs) No. I'm very much I'm still developing the normal skills. I was always impressed by my friend who could chug a pint, a female friend. Yeah. Because lots of blokes don't expect you to be able to do that. I was always very impressed by her, and very very jealous because I I don't mean to nurse a pint, but I I do not like to take on a lot of liquid. <laughs> I just, I drink very, very slowly. You know this. Yeah. I can barely. (laughs) I will drink for like several seconds, and then you'll look at the glass, and none will be gone. <laughs> no, the level
1: will be the same. Yes, yeah, so you, you might have you might have dented the meniscus. <laughs> <laughs> but I've seen you try and take like like if we've been at like we've come in before, and you've been gasping. Yeah. And I've given you a drink, and I've seen you try and take a big gulp of it, mm. and you'll be drinking for several seconds, and you go around in the face, and you go, "Oh, that's so much," and look down, and the glass has not moved. No, it's, it's, it's like
0: half a centimeter has gone. Yeah, tops.
1: Yeah. Whereas like I can like yeah down a glass in like three like big gulps and get.
0: yeah yeah no still very much developing regular skills <laughs> so anyway that first that first how is a cheat yeah the next how then is how can cheats never win now is that grammatically okay with you
1: i don't think it is it felt Awkward as a sentence.
0: Awkward is the, what I would call it. Grammatically awkward. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's that's I think what that is. But this again is all about like, uh,
0: what is it about? Well, basi- I still
1: don't know. The basic premise is that in the Boston Marathon in the eighties, someone jumped over the line of like spectators near to the end, wearing a runner's number, and finished the race having yeah. not run most of the race, and did quite well.
0: It's, and they're, they're talking about people swapping midway.
1: Yeah, they're basically on saying...
0: long-distance runs. Yeah. So they're saying, oh, short-distance, we can tell if they're cheating. I thought it was about doping, but it isn't. They mean we can see that it's the same
1: person. <laughs> well, you're not the guy who started the race, you've got a moustache. <laughs> <laughs> so they say, okay, so... Th- and all this is intercut with, like, Fred and then Gareth running, pretending to be the same person to finish a Gaz
0: puts on Fred's glasses, yes. and we're supposed to believe that they could be confused
1: now for each it, other. he might be telling of the quality of the print that we watched, but mm. I actually couldn't tell them that much apart. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, okay, actually, yeah, that's I, I. from a distance, I believe that Gareth Jones wearing Fred Dynage's glasses is Fred <laughs> Um But they're telling us about this... Run a, It's called a champion chip, and it's like a, a GPS thing that goes into the laces of your shoes so that you can tell you are who you say you are.
0: Um, Yeah, which doesn't seem to me to be at all convincing. No. Because they were saying, oh, you get issued with the number, which is on the shirt, mm-hmm. but you could just swap that over. But then they don't believe that you could swap shoes.
1: Yeah. That's... Even
0: if you say, oh, somebody would notice you undoing the like, laces to get the championship chip off surely just swap the shoes. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't want to put on somebody's sweaty marathon running shoes, but if you're that keen on cheating, surely you might go
1: to those lengths. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, if it's one of those famous like marathons with a massive cash prize at the end... Is, yeah, we're is like, there are a lot of those. I I don't believe there are.
0: Do, do people run marathons for cash?
1: I don't think they do. I thought it was it's, for prestige. Well, yeah, and things if you're and so for And so they can make
0: normal people feel like shit. <laughs> That's <too.
1: laughs> That's
0: why I assume people <laughs> run
1: them. I think they you you run them to raise money for charity, but then it begs the question, why would you cheat if you're raising money for charity?
0: I don't. Yeah, I'm sure you would only cheat if it was like a, you're a professional runner, in which case Surely somebody should know who you are.
1: Yeah, it feels like there, there are you know there are more pressing concerns for than this to be covered on. My
0: favourite part of that though was when they were doing the skit with Fred starting off the marathon, and he says, "I'm like a coiled greyhound," which is it's a little joke that he's you know mixed up coiled spring and you know look like a greyhound or whatever, but I'm like a coiled greyhound. It's just so adorable coming out of Fred Dinage's mouth.
1: <laughs> Oh, definitely. I mean, so then we've got how can you make a wine glass wobble?
0: Finger the rim <laughs> is the answer.
1: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So Gass, Gaz shows us how to do that. He, he? does. So G- Gaz wets his fingers and, and plays with get You've got
0: to get it wet first. Yep. That is the key.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you
0: can't go in dry.
1: No, not at all. So get get your fingers wet and then before you And the rim wet
0: if that and, helps.
1: Well yeah, I mean you know, just just wetness generally. Lubrication yep. is key mm. in this. Um you know, a, a smooth
0: Action. circular
1: motion yeah. uh, around the rim um in order to to get the wobble. And it starts to wobble. It does start to wobble, you get the
0: Which seems sort of unbelievable, doesn't it?
1: Well, it does, but I guess it's the whole thing he's saying, it's the air around it vibrating. It's vibration. It has
0: to be quite a good quality wine glass, I assume.
1: Yes, I think so. You think can't that. just
0: go fingering a plastic tumbler.
1: No, I don't think that that won't work the same way. You'll just, no. You'll just catch, that'll just like, that'll crumple. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, what's that?
0: Um, but it's the same idea as the old, um, you know, opera singer singing at a glass, isn't yeah. it? Because they put it in front of a speaker and you can actually see a bit of a wobble on it.
1: Yeah. I saw this on like a Mythbusters, I think, where they said, Ken, is it possible to, for an opera singer to smash a glass using just their voice? Yeah. And they, and they found that it wasn't powerful enough, just the, the singer, because basically ran out of breath. But they could, like, vibrate the glass quite a lot. And they basically did it by putting a, a feather in the wine glass and the feather kind of, like, spins and, like... Dances around. Dances around. And they can see the glass vibrating. So what they did in the end, they got a guitarist to do a harmonic at the right pitch and then basically put that through an amp because you can keep that going. Mm. That did smash the glass. So it is possible to smash a glass with sound, as shown by Gaz. Yeah. But not so much with voice. I think it could be if you could do the note long enough and loud enough.
0: Well, I was going to say that the singer they got probably just wasn't good enough because they can do it, can't yeah, they? It's, yeah, But it's been done. Yeah. Came from somewhere. There is a lot of similarity between this and Mythbusters mm. because this show is essentially how and Mythbusters is essentially can. Yes. <laughs> They're both asking questions. They are.
1: Mythbusters is a better title, though. And-
0: Mythbusters is a better show. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to go against how it's got a, a certain naff charm. Hmm. But MythBusters is a very exciting show.
1: To be honest, because this one does like start to go downhill.
0: L- listen, this. listen. There's one of these. I'm still waiting for you to explain it to me. Okay. Now is the, is the question? How can you tell who done it? Yes. Right. Can you please explain it to me? <laughs>
1: okay. Right. This... Both the question. And the answer. Okay, this is very similar to the Shape of the Ears one, in which the answer has nothing to do with the question. Okay. So the question is, how can you tell who done it? Yeah. And they start throwing out Cluedo guesses. And Fred goes, it was actually the drawing room in the drawing room with the drawing room. Yes. And basically the idea is, Napoleon died in exile in mysterious circumstances. And the theory that Fred's putting forward here is that the wallpaper in his drawing room, which was green because it was very fashionable at the time, killed him. Yes. Because the wallpaper was full of... Copper arsenide. Copper arsenide.
0: Now, I think arsenide is a great insult. It is. <laughs> because it's, uh, it implies you're both an arse and a snide. <laughs> you are snide. You are
1: snide. Uh Yes.
0: So, so the copper arsenide yes. makes the wallpaper green Yes. and is safe when dry, but when it gets a bit mouldy or damp or whatever in these rooms, yep. the arsenic comes out.
1: Yes. Because and...
0: Fred has the line, nowadays wallpaper is completely
1: safe. <laughs> it does, <laughs> which but... made me chuckle. It does, because it made me chuckle because he delivered it in the way he delivers it like on Meridian on News. The news yeah. And I really thought he was going to say, nowadays wallpaper is completely safe. Or is it? Find out more at six. <laughs> Find
0: out more, at six.
1: <laughs> more after the weather. <laughs> is your wallpaper trying to kill you?
0: It's one of those questions, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. So that's basically it. So the the theory can't be proved. Is that yes? Napoleon's wallpaper got wet, and the arsenic leaked out and killed him.
0: Right. Okay. It's I'm I've never heard that theory anywhere else. I hadn't
1: either. I imagine because it is while technically possible impossible to prove
0: yeah okay
1: Um, because the thing is it's like oh well there have been trace elements of arsenic in Napoleon's bones well everything had arsenic in it those days oh yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah.
0: everybody's mainline in arsenic (laughs) all the time Um, but they did show a sort of a painting where they had some green wallpaper though didn't they yes proof
1: as, that was your, as proof, that was your that, yes, proof. Wallpaper it used to be green uh, and made of arsenic.
0: I'm just going to go around now saying, nowadays wallpaper is completely safe.
1: <laughs> or so they would have us believe. Or so you think. Tonight on Panorama. <laughs> <laughs> so we go from that to how can you look awful on TV.
0: Yeah, and I mean, obviously, Fred Dinage isn't the person to answer this question.
1: Not at all. No, he's you know he's 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 looking a fine fettle of a man, sharp as he's, ever. Yeah. So they give him a, a houndstooth jacket, and it's basically saying the pattern. If the pattern's too busy, yeah, y- your TV can't process it fast enough. And I feel like this is a problem for old TVs.
0: I think there are still certain patterns that they don't like you to wear on TV. Yeah, because yeah, they. Uh, they don't get read well by the machines they kind of mess things up Mm.
1: yeah i can see too busy they're too busy and it goes into a thing about blue screen as well so he wears a blue shirt and they superimpose gaz gaz's face over it
0: when did when did green screen become bigger than blue screen because i remember blue screen
1: i think it was when they stopped making green screens Mm -hmm. out of um copper arsenide um right I yeah. think that's what it was. Well,
0: nowadays me. wallpaper is completely <laughs> safe. <laughs> um,
1: so yeah, that and and then we get
0: that's really a something and nothing one. It's all they want to do is show that, like, if you put Fred Dinage in a check jacket, that it'll look a bit weird. It does make me think. I mean,
1: the thing is, because these are fifteen minute episodes, and fifteen
0: in 19- minutes, they've, and they're struggling. They are struggling at well, this
1: point. They are nineteen ninety. They're running hundred miles an hour to pack it in. Yeah. And by now I'm thinking, well, they've put this one in because they're like crap we' we're, we're a question short this week. just just mess around with the cameras, do something put that
0: jacket put back on Fred that he wanted to wear that didn't come across too well yeah,
1: yeah, that make one. that we'll, into one. put him in a blue shirt again, and yeah we'll just yeah. we'll just there's another we...
0: one about balls
1: yeah, how bouncy are your balls,
0: and they just bounce some balls, don't they they do. And if it's like if you want your ball to bounce more, bounce it on top of another ball.
1: I mean, well, this is the thing. It's they're all talking. Like Fred says, I've got quite a big one. Um, Gareth's got a smaller one. Gail's got a, a, a very small one.
0: Um, <laughs> what are you doing?
1: <laughs> but this is genuinely what they're saying. They're like, oh yeah, mine's look very at Fred's bouncy. big one. Look at Fred's big bouncy one. Um, Obviously, he's got the biggest and one. And then like if you, if you really want to bounce your balls, you stack them one on top of the other.
0: Fred's got big ball energy. <laughs> B-B-E. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> big bouncy ball energy. <laughs>
1: um, so, yeah, they they stack balls on top and then they're bouncing their balls all over the place. And then the last one is, how can you have a big head?
0: What a question. Of all the answers, that that, that they come up with is a puppet show. Yes. But how can you have a big head?
1: I mean, it's ridiculous. It's Basically, it's a tiny skeleton body made out of, like, toilet roll innards. mm Um, and then a black cloth which Fred puts his head through, and they have a little puppet show with all three of them there. You know, it's something and nothing. It's It's a nice little arty thing, but again, because it's 15 minutes, they're running out of time, they race through it a million miles an hour, so you can't actually see how any of it is made.
0: Yeah, it's well. It's not. It's not demonstrating to you, as in you could make this. Yes, but it is half doing that. It's like you could do this. Just get a black cloth and stick your head through. it. You could do this, but it doesn't show you in enough detail.
1: No, there's no
0: conviction that we would actually want to do this.
1: <laughs> That's it. There's there's not any. It doesn't assume. It assumes that to us by this point you're bored and want to be getting on to something else.
0: We, they get to the point where they just. Um, they're, they've all got their little puppet bodies, and they sing "Dem bones, dem bones." Yes, they do. And um, that Gaz is one—a leg drops off, and they don't refilm it. They just no. go, you know, that'd be enough.
1: Well, they use it for, I think they use it for another pun. Uh, he says, "I've got a bone to pick with you," and looks down at his leg that's fallen off. Which uh, I it, don't, it's, no, it's I a don't weak...
0: think so. I think he was going to say that anyway. Well, okay. I don't think any of that was planned. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, okay.
1: I, just... <laughs> I gave him greater credit. Than
0: yeah, yeah. No, because Gaz keeps looking down. Because the leg has dropped off, and he keeps wanting to fix it, but he can't figure out how.
1: <laughs> well, and then we we end with the classic "how for now."
0: How for now? That's how of for course.
1: now, and and there we are. So that was how to Liz. How do you like me now?
0: Oh wow! Let's see what you did
1: there. Yeah, yeah. You
0: emphasised the how. I
1: did. Yes.
0: Yeah. I I think I'm a little bit disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a little bit shoddier than I thought it was. I remember watching it and enjoying it. I liked the presenters. I genuinely, I liked their, uh, they all brought their own thing to it. Hmm. Um, And I only really remember the Vorderman years. I'm not interested in Gail McKenna or whatever her (laughs) name is. Yeah, I remember at the time having a frustration that those questions could have been answered better with other answers. And they never, it always seemed to be a trick or a, just, a, you know, uh, an an inelegant segue. And yes. I, I didn't know the phrase inelegant segue when I was, you know, six or whatever, but I think I knew I was being tricked.
1: It feels like everything starts with, here's the thing we can show, now let's reverse engineer it to how we can get a how question of course. out of it. Of course, And And it never it's how does this work? You know, it, I mean... I remember the one I remember we didn't see, and it's again I think it's one where there's like sugar, and it's like how can you make your sugar more tasteful? Tasteful. It's like yeah, it's like how can you make your sugar more tasteful? Mm. And basically, I think Carol's like, well, I've got some white sugar here, which, which is quite tasteful because it's all it's it's white and and clean and and yeah, pristine, and. Fred goes, well I've got some like brown sugar here which for me is tastier, it's got a nicer taste, I prefer it and Carol's like, well that's not it and because and, that's not taste that's not tasteful, that's tastier. And then Gareth goes, well I hear I've got some sugar that I've colored with some food coloring so these are sugar lumps that are different colors yeah. and things. that's quite tasty i think that's quite tasteful she goes no it's not and then i don't remember what the outcome was i don't believe there was one.
0: Oh, i can't believe you've done that
1: i think it was just, just why have you taken sugar. us down
0: this road right you've led us all the way down this <laughs> bloody prick teased us well i think you're getting down went back here to... and then you've gone nope not today thank you but that's what
1: they did that was literally that oh, was I can't their believe whole you've thing done that
0: <laughs> I, th- I at least thought you had an answer for how no. can you make your sugar more... T- I, ha- I can't believe you've done that.
1: <laughs> but I think this is the problem I have. So many of them are just... They don't have a proper answer. And it might as well just, I... might as well have a shrug at the end like, I don't know. It's...
0: Well, it's basically what you've done to our episode now, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Unbelievable.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, there we are. Liz, thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank you, Evan, for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, please get in touch on social media. Tell us what you thought of how to, of Dynage, of Jones, of Vorderman. If you're getting targeted Vorderman advertisements, come share. This is a safe space. Until then, bye.